Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast, where liking what you like is never a bad thing. Here's your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast. I'm your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. This is the Monday Movie Minute for March 2nd, 2020, and we're going to be talking about The Invisible Man. This is a new thriller, a new horror film uh, that just came out in the theaters this weekend. And as always, is this safe for kids to watch? I know, I know. It's a rated R movie, so you're all thinking, no, of course it's not. Um, But I have teens, and my teens absolutely are dying to see this movie. So I always like to see them in advance and then I make my judgment call on what is actually uh, appropriate for my family uh, because rated R can range all over the place, right? And I like to share that with you just in case you want to know what level of scary is this? What exactly makes it rated R? What's the sex? What's the language? What are all those things about? I'm going to fill you in on that, okay? Uh, But first, first, let's talk about the box office. Hey, looky there, number one. (laughs) Number one this week is The Invisible Man. It raked in $29 million at the box office. All right, February, you're going out with a bang. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog came in at number two. Call of the Wild came in at number three. My Hero Academia Heroes Rising was number four. Bad Boys for Life, number five. Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, number six, which is making me happy that we're still all going to see that movie because it was a lot of fun. Uh, Number seven is Impractical Jokers, the movie. Number eight is 1917. Number nine is Brahms, The Boys 2. And number 10 is Fantasy Island. Hmm. That one I might have to see. I've heard it's absolutely terrible and basically trash. But I don't know. Sometimes you want to go see those movies, right? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's my money. Don't judge. Uh, All right. Let's talk about The Invisible Man. Here's a quick little synopsis of the movie. Is basically the story about Cecilia. She, when the movie opens, she is running for her life uh, and to get away from an abusive boyfriend situation. Now, spoiler, she gets away. I mean, it's not really a spoiler, but she gets away. However, that's when things start getting really crazy. This ex takes his own life and actually leaves her his fortune. Uh, she doesn't buy it, even from the beginning. She's a little leery, and she just can't can't believe that he's actually gone. And uh, she suspects that his death was a hoax. As a series of events happen and get increasingly more and more dangerous, and then actually uh, <clears throat> death occurs, <laughs> uh, Cecilia works to prove that she is being hunted by somebody that no one can see. Dun, dun, dun. All right. The cast in this, I'm just going to call out some of their names because they were phenomenal. Uh, Elizabeth Moss. I first met Elizabeth Moss when she was on Mad Men, and I've been a huge fan ever since. Um, Elizabeth Moss plays Cecilia, that the main the main character. Um, Oliver Jackson Cohn is Adrian. Harriet Dyer is Emily, which is Elizabeth's sister. She plays a pivotal um, character in this story. Uh, Aldous Hodge and Storm Reed are James and Sydney Linear, who were also both just so great in this movie. Uh, in fact, the the whole cast was pretty great, actually. Elizabeth Moss. Oh, she's so good, y'all. She's so good. She turns in such a compelling performance. 
And after being so let down and so disappointed in the kitchen this summer, did anybody else go see that one? It was so awful. It was so awful. And they, there were some great actresses in it, and it just did not happen for me. Not mm, in any way, shape, or form. Um, so I loved, I loved seeing her in this, and I loved seeing her run through all these emotions in this this two hours that we get to see her just kind of chew up the scenery in this movie. She's fearless. Uh, she's physical. Uh, she's so raw. She's you know it, she was she was commanding and intense from start to end and. You just, you're rooting from her. You are rooting for her, but you also don't see her as a victim. At least I, I never saw the victim in her, uh, which obviously being abused for a period of time by a boyfriend that she lived with, she absolutely was one, but she ain't playing it. All right. She ain't playing it in this movie. Uh, we are dropped into the life of Cecilia, um, right off the get go. Uh, the, the first opening scenes are, are set at night. It's dark it's scary. It's so intense. Um, Cecilia is trying to run for her life. She's literally running away from this sleeping boyfriend who, you know, we don't even see or, or know what he's doing, but you, you're, you get this intensity out of the whole in, situation that you're scared for her. I mean, it just starts right off the bat, okay? She does get this narrow escape. She starts pulling her life together. She's staying at a friend's house with this adorable teen daughter who's Storm Reed. And that's when she gets the news of Adrian's suicide. And she also gets the news that he's left her all of this money. All right. Now, things should be looking up. You would think, you know, have breathe some fresh air, like he's gone, you can live now, you know, that sort of thing. But of course, that's when things start getting really scary and creepy and weird. And uh, yeah, that's when you really are like, okay, pay attention and you're at the edge of your seat. Now, I'll admit, I, I like I like horror. I like horror books. I love horror movies. I've seen a lot of these. So for me, uh, the story, you know, wasn't super surprising. And if you've read a few horror books around the world, uh, or if you love this kind of genre, you probably wouldn't find it that surprising either. I mean, I had most of the twists figured out. There was one really big, huge exception that uh, if somebody has seen this movie, I got to talk about it with you because I need to know exactly what I missed. <laughs> I'll get to that in just a minute. Um, the pacing, the acting from everyone on screen, it really was just also well put together, tied together. I mean, even when you've pieced together the moments and the things that that are coming next, you were still you were still on the edge of your seat. You were still waiting for that to happen. Lee Winnell wrote this and he also directed it and I thought the best parts of the movie from a direction standpoint were when we're put into Cecilia's point of view. Uh, that's really where, you know, as the audience, we are we are brought into this movie and that tension is just, uh, it's like ratcheted up to 20, you know, on a scale of one to 10. Um, overall though, this this movie, I, I, I really liked it. I, I can't say I loved it, but I really liked it. Uh, there was great acting, great direction, uh, meh uh, on the script and the dialogue, but the rest of it keeps you pulled you know, pretty tightly throughout the film. And there were definitely some, some jump moments, some, ah, you know, uh, that was there. It's, it, it made for an enjoyable couple of hours at, at the movies. Now, earlier I mentioned that I missed the big 
one of the big reveals. And this isn't going to be a spoiler here, so don't worry about that. Um, But I like to write posts that help people know when they can get up and pee during the movie because, well, that's basically my life. Uh, During a two-hour film, I probably have to get up and go at least once. I hate missing anything, but when you got to go, you got to go. I try to keep notes on this and try to gauge when the good time to go is. Usually... I make myself sit through the whole movie so that I don't actually miss anything. But this one, this one, (laughs) I got up. I thought I found a safe place to get up and go and not miss anything important. So I left. I ran out. I did my thing. I washed my hands. Thank you very much. And uh, then I walked back into the theater during the pivotal turning point of this movie. And the dude who was sitting like just down the road from me, he was totally judging me on this. He was looking at me. He was shaking his head like, whoa, like you totally missed some shiz, girl. Um, Yeah, yeah, so I did. (laughs) If you want to know when not to get up and pee, let me just put this out here. This is not a spoiler. Don't worry. Again, I wouldn't do that to you without a big warning. Do not get up and go. during the dinner scene uh, when she meets Emily at a restaurant. That's all I'm going to stay. Stay put, okay? And then when you watch it, tell me what happened because that's the part I missed. Yeah, that's what I missed. Now, for the parent movie review part of this, how safe is The Invisible Man for teens? Uh, This one is intense. From a psychological standpoint, uh, there's also a lot of physical violence involved. Uh, you know, particularly when you're looking at it from the lens of an abusive relationship. So if you have a teen struggling in in that kind of a situation or has seen that before, or uh, your family, you know, is, uh, that's a definite woe and probably don't go see this movie. Okay. Um, There was a lot of physical violence, a lot of hand-to-hand fighting, a lot of combat like that. But it was also kind of one-sided. There was only the, the other person in, in the action scenes was invisible. I haven't decided yet. Maybe I need to see it again if that made it better or worse. You know, from a reality standpoint, like, did it get too real for me? Probably not because I didn't see, you know, a man actually like reaching out and hitting Elizabeth Moss. I just see her recoiling and, you know, being hit. Okay. So mm, I, I guess that's just a think about how your teen processes things and if that would make a difference or not to them. There's absolutely some blood. Uh, There's a lot of death, a lot of death, um, and a whole lot of jump scares. But I will say, like, not a lot of language to this movie, which really surprised me. And uh, no sex and no nudity either. Hmm. In the end, I'll, I'll say that I would have no problem letting my teen daughter, she's 14, she loves scary movies though, uh, but I would have no problem with her watching this one, um, especially if she was watching it with us, uh, just in case, you know. To compare it, I'd say it's kind of on the, the same track in intensity as Get Out, but it never really reaches that brilliance, so it's, it's not as good as Get Out. I mean, Get Out was so good, but it still is a pretty fun movie if you are into that kind of horror thing, okay? So in, in my house, the teens would get an okay from me. Uh, definitely my, my oldest, he would be, he'd be easy to go into this one as well. All right, that's all I have to say for this week. And as always, if you have a moment to rate, review, subscribe, 
I appreciate it. Five stars go a long way in showing the algorithm that other movie lovers and fangirls would love the show. So thanks for doing that. And this week, later on this week, we are going to be talking Shit's Creek again. And uh, though I don't know how we're going to touch last week's episode, this one, this one better be funny, Dan Levy. All right, make me laugh. And um, I don't want to cry anymore. And I think we'll have an episode up to fangirl cheer from Netflix. My word, y'all. I mean, don't you just love Jerry? If you don't love Jerry, we cannot be friends because the entire world needs to know, meet, and adore Jerry because he's awesome. If you love cheer, let me know. And then come join Julia and I this week to gush about everything happening on the mat. <laughs> Little mat talk going on. Because you know what I have to say. It's no fun to fangirl alone. Bye. Bye. 